his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. WTIC. This hour coming up, uh, first half hour we'll do more rants, we'll take more phone calls, and the second half hour, Tom Scott, because it's Tuesday. And what is this? Oh, you're going to enjoy it. Listen. As Columbus Day Parade stepped off today, Native Americans issued a call for statues of Columbus to be permanently banished from Chicago parks. And they also want the name of the holiday officially changed in Illinois to Indigenous Peoples Day. Here's Dame Placco. The sounds of Native American drums and dancing fill Pottawatomie Park on Chicago's north side as a coalition of Native American leaders and progressive politicians call for an end to Columbus Day and Columbus statues. I'm Italian-American, and uh, I'm really proud to be Italian-American. So proud, in fact, that I know that we can choose a better hero to honor for our communities. <laughs> like who? Propose somebody, please. And anyway, what's wrong with Christopher Columbus? My reading on his history says he wasn't, uh, they accuse him of all this uh, violence against indigenous peoples and, and um, that that wasn't him. That was the people who he was given as crew members. We can't really go back <laughs> and litigate, but. That's what I read. And I don't trust the left on this because they just like to make up people to get rid of. Not Mark Christopher, though. He's in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Marcus, how's that ride home looking? Good afternoon. I'm getting the chills now. Just if you want my uh, cold update. It's funny how colds roll. Got the chills. Got the chills. Oh, of course, it's winter now. So, it's the right way to feel, isn't it? Um, all right, what are we doing? Yes, we're going to do rants. We are going to do rants. I just need to find it where I left them. Okay, right there. I wonder how the networks choose what they will report as the news. I guess in due course, I'll find a good source. I'd like stories without biased views. Stories without biased views? That's not news. I don't even know if there's a name for that. Tedious? Dull? 
boring. Hi, Todd. Well, you know, opinions are like buttholes. Everybody's got one. And you know the best part? Gladys, please, couldn't you say it in a more ladylike way? This is the United States of America. We can have as many opinions as we want. That's true. Later. <laughs> Boy, what happened to the good old days when people were polite and avoided? Hey, Todd, just watching the Fox News and they have that verify section. And the question was, do political ads need to be truthful? And the answer is no. They can say anything they want per order of the FCC. Can you believe that? Well, yes. How else could it be? Who do you want to appoint to be the person in charge of deciding which ads are allowed to run or not? Who could you trust with that responsibility? It has to be left to the liars to tell their own lies and for the people to protect themselves from the liars. And, and the big problem we have in politics today isn't that they lie. That goes without saying. It's that we don't expect them to lie and we believe the ridiculous stories they tell us hey todd just watching the fox news and they have that verify section and the question was do political ads need to be truthful and the answer is no they can say anything they want per order of the fcc can you believe that <laughs> the most important thing in the world and they can say anything they want liar 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 your whole world is on fire. Goodbye. Goodbye. I know it's a little shocking, but uh, this is the nature of having a market-driven system. That's the idea. Let the scumbags run for office. Let them tell their lies. And you decide whose lies you like best. Same thing as buying a car. Costs you more to buy a car. By the way, when you buy a house, you know that inspection they do? You ever been impressed with the inspection? Like, that's not a thorough inspection. They just walk around and look up at the ceiling and maybe look behind the washing machine to see if there's any mold. And, and that's by far the biggest, most important thing you ever do. Cars, the same thing. What do you know? You just trust. Hey, Todd, Mr. Fleischman is certainly a deist. He has a guy. Who is Mr. Fleischman? The guy who makes the, uh, what is Fleischmann's? Butter? Mayonnaise? It's mayonnaise, right? Did we have uh, mayonnaise on? He has a god he calls reason. But human reason is not an absolute. Oh, Lebowitz. He gets things wrong along with right. Yes, but he didn't say he was guaranteeing that reason would be 100% right. He just said it's the only thing we can trust. The best of thinkers have often been proved wrong and right. Of course. You have to be wrong so you can become right. Is he calling on us to worship one more false god? No, he didn't say anything about uh, wanting people to worship God. He was saying he doesn't want people to worship God. False or true. Because he doesn't believe there's a true one. Look at all the uh, so-called scientific facts we have been told. There are no scientific facts. There are working theories that appear to be settled during periods of time, and then we often realize they aren't settled. For example, 
I found out, I don't know if you've heard this, but if you're in an airplane and you're flying a long distance over the ocean, you don't reach a point where the world ends and it just drops off. It actually, it's curved. It's fascinating. It eventually had to be abandoned. But for a long time, they told us the world was flat. They told Chrissy Columbus, which I think is why he deserved a day, because he got in a boat with a bunch of crazy people who didn't speak the same language as him. And on faith, went with the theory that the world was not flat. His God of reason has proved itself to be fallible. No, it's a false premise that you're, you're attaching to Leibowitz. Perfect human reasons, reason doesn't exist. It never will. And he never said it, it would. He just said reason is the only thing we have. It's always human and prone to error. Of course. He mentions the age of faith, uh, followed by the age of science. This uh, resulted, of course, in at least two gigantic wars, making no sense whatsoever. Oh. Yeah, well, power structures, that's what they do. They make wars. Government, religion, that's where wars come from. Uh-oh, back to the old drawing board. No, I think for you, your drawing board. Please, don't make an absolute god out of a questionable piece of material. If he's waiting for us to overcome our ignorance and accept human science as an absolute god, he's got a long wait. We know better than that. Thanks a lot, Todd. And I think he does, too, because he never mentioned that. Never came up, I don't believe. But he will clarify. Hello. Yes, this is Max from Bristol. Max from Bristol. The Max from Bristol? I just called in, actually, not too long ago, um, with Reese on the radio. Oh, yesterday. I'm kind of wondering why... I'm confused. He's going on about Kwanzaa. He's celebrate. He's talking about how Columbus, he's a good guy. You know, he colonized. But I think he forgets he did not discover America, like the other caller, Amerigo Vespucci. He's the one who was like the original guy. But, you know, we don't really know about these things. Like, I was reading last night about who really wrote Love Me Do. And do you know Paul McCartney and John Lennon, between the two of them, could not decide if John Lennon had no role in it or had some role in it. And I believe what I read was that McCartney thought that they both wrote it, but Lennon thought he didn't play any role in it, except for a few notes in the middle, he said. But McCartney said, nope, nope, we worked on that song together. So, And that's only 50 years ago. You want to go back to Amerigo Vespucci? What, what year was that? Joey Vespucci? Are you an expert on him? Oh, come on. What did you study in school? If I missed not that Amerigo. class that day. <laughs> that day. We did a whole, uh, I think, half a year on Amerigo. Because America was named after him. This isn't such a great honor having one day for Columbus. Amerigo got the whole country named after him, the greatest country in the history of mankind. Columbus got a day. And it doesn't even come with a slice of pizza for him. So I wonder why he said high and mighty about Kwanzaa. Well, he seems pretty high and mighty about Columbus. Yes. The person who invented Kwanzaa was a very evil man and treated people and women very badly. But Columbus, what do you think he did? He destroyed 
and killed an entire race of people. Basically. An entire race? Chris did that on his own? Like, what kind of machine gun did he have? What kind of rapid-fire AK with, uh, what's that little device on it? Something lock or block or... Remember that little thing? Yeah, the bump stock? Bump stock. Did they have bump stocks back then? How did Christopher Columbus kill a whole race of people? He was ahead of his times. He, <laughs> he was. So he shouldn't be all high and mighty. All right, all right. I'll send this to Reese, and uh, I'm getting sick, so I'm going to have Reese fill in for for me tomorrow. Joey, Reese is filling in for me tomorrow. And... Um, well, thanks for the heads up. I appreciate yep. that. That's and nice. And he can... Uh, he can he can refute that rant. Well, he can answer it. Yeah. He might not want to refute it. He might have more fun up his sleeve than that. Todd, I just spent five bucks a pound on hamburger. Okay. I had never spent five dollars a pound on hamburger in my whole life. Isn't that the cheap and stuff? And now they're going to put a little special extra tax on the people that deliver it to me. Oh, for the diesel. I don't yeah. think it's going to go down. Well, we'll see. They love uh, making it more expensive to live in Connecticut, and then they run around saying, not me? I had nothing to do with that. I'm a tax cutter. Why didn't I say that when Red was trying to pull that bulldung about how Ned wasn't a malicious liar? He just, uh, you know, just lies kind of slip up. No. He knows what he's doing. Say, if the price of meat keeps going like this, we're going to have alternative meat order up Friday. How much is uh, hamburger going for? Uh, I'm not allowed to go grocery shopping. Oh, you you don't get to go because no. of what you buy? Yeah, I'm the type that you go grocery shopping when you're hungry, ah. which is against like the all standards of life. But then when you're hungry at home, mm-hmm. you actually have stuff to eat. I don't get the connection. If you're in the store and you're, and hungry, you're hungry, you're going to you buy the buy food. yourself a box of ringdings, and while you move down the aisles, you finish it off. Yeah, right? but if you don't go, like, it's one of those things, if you're not in the mood to do something, you're just, like, you know, lackadaisically doing oh, it. I see what you so mean. if you're not in the mood to go grocery shopping, you're like, eh, we don't need that, we don't need that. But <laughs> then when you're at home, nothing but the box of yeah, when you're at home at 7.30 at night and you're, like, craving something and the cabinets are empty because... Mm-hmm. You went grocery shopping when you weren't hungry. hungry. So you're trying to convince us that you're an extremely unreliable person. Yes, so I'm very uh, impulse shopping. All right. I guess you convinced me. And another thing. Elon Musk is an idiot, too. What on earth possesses him to think he knows anything about interfering in geopolitical affairs? Because he can charge a car battery? I'm not worried about the woke people taking over the world. I'm worried about the idiots taking over the world. There we go again, idiots. Maybe they already have. Idiots. Elon Musk is, uh, when it comes to, uh, I don't know what, he's just brilliant. There are things he's brilliant about. And I find uh, people like him to be the most important forces on the planet to help push back against the evils of government. That's what I say. So I still have, because you were asking about the entomology of the yes. word idiot. Etymo- isn't it et- etymology? Etymology. Yeah. What, Person so it? mentally deficient as to be incapable of ordinary reasoning. Also in Middle English, simple man, 
uh, in Latin, uneducated or ignorant person. From Greek, layman person, lacking professional skill. Mm-hmm. So There's nothing that sounds nicer? I read something yesterday <sighs> that sounded nicer. It's eh, Like an idiot had redeeming qualities, perhaps. Uneducated layman person lacking professional skill opposed to writer blah literally private person or opposed to one taking in public affairs, usually patronizing for ignorant persons. That all sounds a lot like Ned though. Mm. Doesn't it? It sounds mm. like the governor. In old English law, one who has been without reasoning or understanding from birth. See? There you go. Nailed him. It's the word of the day. <laughs> Hey, Todd, it's Mark from West Hartford. I need some some help with this one. So, as you know by now, or everybody should know, we recognize Indigenous Peoples Day today, but a lot of stores in West Hartford are having Columbus Day sales. So, you know, I don't like to ruffle any feathers. Should I stay away or should I patronize these stores? Uh, I don't know. Todd, I have to relate the story to you to tell you what kind of weasel Jolly Ned is. There you go. Well, early in the week they had Bob Stefanowski. That is my favorite subject right there. Can we turn it up, please? Let's play some drums underneath it. There you go. Todd, I have to relate the story to you to tell you what kind of weasel Jolly Ned is. Well, early in the week they had Bob Stefanowski on there, and, you know, they everybody's asking questions. Everything was good, so they had Jolly Ned on the other day. So then at the end of the interview, they asked Jolly Ned, well, Bob's coming in the studio. You want to come in at the same time he is? Dead silence from Ned for about 30 seconds. He goes, I'll see you guys, and hangs up on him. What a too low life weasel anyway, but I had to tell you, I, I thought it was just so funny. <laughs> that's, um, that's another radio station he was listening to, as it turns out. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Call the rant line, please. Eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. We haven't heard from you on the rant line in a long time, so call right now. Eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Any cars left? Is it all smooth sailing? WTIC, good afternoon. Yes, I've got a... His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. 
Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade, handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. A little cold, nothing serious. Nothing serious. And yet, I am taking tomorrow off so I can rest up to be ready for all of the fisticuffs that follow. Is there like a Feinberg family like remedy? Like, you know, every family has that mystery, like ailment cure for everything. No, we're not. uh, We're not that kind of family. Okay. I don't think. But my personal feeling is that pasta cures everything. Pasta? Okay. Yes. Like in soup form or like pasta with some sauce, meatball? Like, where are we going with, you know, rewinding to the... uh, Order up segment from keep two going. Weeks ago everything now. you've mentioned, I approve. Okay, so some garlic bread. So like, it's a meal. Yeah. Okay. It's not yeah, like and pasta you know in soup form. It, that way, if you die, you you left happy. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, totally agree with that. Isn't that a good uh, good way of looking mm-hmm. at the whole thing? All right, I have one more uh, little rant before we get to Tom Scott that I want to play for you. Is it here though? I think it's I think it's this right here. It's an old. Um, it's an old Jolly Ned's Comedy Club thing. Welcome to Jolly Ned's Comedy Club, home of the professional stand-up comedy show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our next comedy duo has been with us all week. One of our comedians has won an Emmy Award for the best daytime soap opera, and the other comedian claims to be the governor of Connecticut. <laughs> this is their fourth sold-out show. Put your hands together for Andrew Cuomo and Ned Lamont. <laughs> All right, everybody, I'm proud to be here with uh, Governor Cuomo. Appreciate you being here, Governor. Thank you. What would Cuomo do? <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Bubblegum. Cotton candy. Now, I'm a little embarrassed, by the way, because when I went uh, fishing with uh, Governor Cuomo, he gave me a beautiful fishing license. A beautiful <laughs> mounted fishing license. Convenient, Can't beat that. Easy to handle. When you go fishing, you just attach it to your... You burn on dead time. Governor, great to see you. Thank Thanks you. for Thank being here. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Is that real? Was Andrew Cuomo actually making jokes about private parts with Jolly Ned? Man, they are so inappropriate in every way. Let's uh, let's get a traffic update. I can't believe it. The BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher is there. Tom Scott coming up in just a moment. Mark, how are we looking? 
Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yep, it's WTIC. It is News Talk 1080. Everything he said is correct. I don't know why Shattuck gives him so much grief. Joining us now, Tom Scott, former state senator, a long time ago in his misused youth. And now he is a mature adult who advises people on uh, politics sometimes and always has a lot of good things to say about politics to make us understand it more clearly. Thomas, welcome. How you doing today, Todd? Well, I'm, I've got chills and a cold coming in. I don't like that. I like to be well, sick on the weekend so I can do my radio during the week. Chicken, chicken soup and the right kind of vitamins. That's right. Um, you know, I heard I heard your bit on Jolly Ned and the uh, Jolly Ned <laughs> comedy show, yeah. uh, having to do with the former crooked governor of New York. Uh, well, still former, crooked, former governor. <laughs> point taken. And, and, you know, those guys were fishing buddies, uh, as I'm sure you know. And while I was sitting here on hold, it occurred to me that there was a great song. It's before my time and your time. You, you, you may have heard of it, though. It was uh, with Satchmo and Bing Crosby. It's called Gone Fishing. Uh, your guys uh, who, who do the Jolly Ned comedy show might be able to put a put some lyrics to that tune. It might be interesting to see what they could come up with. That's a good idea. What's the name of it again? It's called Gone Fishing. Uh, Gone. Look it up. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Fishing. And it's, it, it was pretty famous back in the day. It was in the early 50s. I'm but, sure I'll uh, know it because I, I love Satchmo. Yeah, a- absolutely. One of, one of my all-time favorites. And speaking of... Uh, uh, Jolly Ned. He was at the Greenwich Economic Forum. Uh, I don't know if you saw that today. And he seemed to be talking down the economy and specifically talked about recession. And one might say, well, why would he be doing that a few weeks before Election Day? Um, because it, it would not necessarily redound positively on him since he's in charge. But here's what he said in response to this. It's kind of a brief quote. Uh, He said, I think people see some recession storm clouds on the horizon and we're a small state. I can only control so much. But what I've got to do is make sure that a state like Connecticut is prepared. And I've done that by setting aside three point five billion dollars so that if we do go into a recession, I don't have to raise taxes. Now, you know how calculating the governor is and the people (laughs) around him, especially in an election year. My guess is that he knows what we all know, which is that uh, uh, we're heading in the wrong direction economically. So he's kind of stating the obvious, but putting a positive spin on it, saying, I've got 3.5 million, a billion, I should say, set aside so I don't have to raise taxes. And of course, his Republican opponent is running around saying that we have to uh, uh, deliver half of that rainy day fund back to the people of Connecticut in the form of tax cuts which I think is a proper policy position. But I think that's what's going on here. He's sort of stating the obvious, not really talking down the economy, which one might conclude at first glance. I have a little cut here from a couple of weeks ago when he mentioned the economy and recession. Let me play it. We're heading into a recession. This is a state that's had deficit upon deficit upon deficit. Yeah, heading into a recession, but everything is good when Ned's in charge. Yeah, that's that's what I think is going on here. But uh, but who knows? Uh, I, I mean, it, it's it's one thing to be uh, optimistic 
it's another thing to be unrealistic. Uh, I think Stefanowski still has a very, very high hill to climb and unfortunately has not pivoted. And I know when I said this on your show a couple of weeks ago, uh, you you had the burden of having to uh, deal with uh, negative emails and all that. But as I said at the time, just forward them to me. <laughs> I could explain myself. I can talk talk for myself. But 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 the t- the newest TV ad on the Republican side doesn't connect. And this is the criticism that I was conveying publicly, hoping that you know to the extent there are senior statesmen left in the Republican Party, they mm-hmm. might hear it and they might reflect on it. But the reality is. He has one shot left to close that gap, and that's to get rid of all these ad guys and talk directly into the camera and have a frank and honest conversation with the swinging persuadable voters in this state, the people who might still be available to him, which are the undecideds, which are not many, by the way, but more important are the people who are leaning to Lamont. In other words, if in a who vacuum, aren't sure they want to vote for him, but they haven't been convinced there's a reason to throw him out. They're still gettable. Uh, there, you can still get them with the right message, and there are a lot of them out there. And and if that happens, and and there's a red tide, uh, and a lot can happen in the next couple of weeks. It might be enough to propel Republicans over the finish line. Yeah, there is. We, change. We do seem to have reached a moment where uh, the the economy is going to hit critical mass as the defining issue for the campaign. Is that your sense? I, I think so, and of course that favors Republicans all over the country. Uh, every race in the end is local, but there's always a national component to this. And if people are focused on Biden and what he and his uh, uh, band of misfits are doing to this country versus what Trump allegedly did when he was president, he's not president now, he's not running for anything that we know of. If the focus is on Biden and the Democrats and what they've done, mm. and if the focus in Connecticut is not only on the national a democratic situation, but what this governor has done and what he has not done. Uh, you know, he didn't deliver tax cuts, although he said he did. He wanted to give us tolls, but was thwarted by the people, we the people. And and people need to be reminded of that, but there's not a lot of time left. The um, There was, a, last night, there was a debate in Ohio. Did you see any of J.D. Vance and um, and Ryan doing their debate only this. only caught the headlines it was uh it was kind of fun to see them offer i like watching debates from other states and they were um they were making the point the i think it was cnn the the um talking heads on cnn were saying something that surprised me they were saying well Ryan is leading a little bit. The Democrat is leading a little bit. But I think it's safe to assume that come Election Day, we're going to find out that the winner is the Republican J.D. Vance. And that represents a shift, I think. Well, yeah. And and again, you never know what uh, uh, they're thinking there on CNN. I mean, they usually have an agenda. Maybe they just want to have some semblance of credibility uh, left after the smoke clears the day after the election. And, and it is generally true that if the Republican is only down one or two points um, uh, because of undercounts and because, because of last-minute people um, breaking in favor of the challenger, and even though that's an open seat in Ohio, Ryan is an incumbent member of Congress and is well-known in that state, mm-hmm. and, and they know who he is. Where and he's a good communicator. Is good communicator and the republican is kind of the new guy so if they're not breaking for the democrat this late 
to the extent there are undecided voters who are going to still vote, they are likely to break disproportionately for the Republican candidate. So if, so if he's only down one or two points, he wins. I have that sense, back to what you were talking about for Connecticut, that there is, and other states too, that there is this softness to a lot of people's belief about who they're going to vote for. So even though they don't call themselves undecided voters you sort of defined somebody as an undecided who's decided and i think there's a lot of that going on this year and i can't say why but it just seems to be prevalent yeah and again there you know we're not we're not fighting when i say we i mean the, the body politic we're not fighting over a lot of voters in the end because the, the, the democratic base and the republican base they're dug in and they've been dug in for a long time at this point so how many persuadable and swing voters who are actually going to vote uh, are still left in the middle? Five percent, eight percent. It's certainly not 18 percent. So so in those close races and you were talking about the Senate races, mm-hmm. in races in Wisconsin, in North Carolina, in Nevada, in Pennsylvania, in Ohio, those are Georgia, Arizona, Georgia. Those are close races. So, so there really is a pitched battle going on for three or four percent of the voters who are still available to be persuaded. Okay, so but you in the ads statewide, but it's really a small sliver of, of of the electorate. But you you think about what you just said about how there's this shift going on in what is of concern, and the economy is coming home strong right now. So the the logical conclusion would be that because it's an economic thing and that impacts everybody, that if there's any softness in a Democrat's support for the plunderer, then they might say, I just can't take it anymore. The things are so bad. It's so expensive to live. I can't deal with it. I'm voting for the Republican. Do you see that as being a, a, a dynamic that's ripe for turning? Absolutely. Absolutely. And gas prices are going up again. And and there's nothing, even though it's not the kind of increases we saw, you know, six months ago, the reality is that's tangible. You can you can see it. You can feel it. You can touch it. And in the interest and in the end, I think a lot of these wing voters are going to vote their own economic interest and people who are cutting back. And that's a lot of people, by the way, who are actually cutting back. Uh, on non-essential items to keep food on the table, uh, those people overwhelmingly, in my opinion, uh, or undecided, that is, are going to break Republican. It's going to be so much fun to watch. I love elections. I love the whole idea that we get to go in there and decide. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll say one other quick thing, because I know it I know, looks like we're up against the clock here. I don't know if you saw it today. I just saw it a few minutes ago. There's a, one of these uh, uh, whack job liberal groups is called the Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee. And they <laughs> yes. came out with a list of uh, legislators uh, uh, that they're attempting to shame and, and saying they're threats to democracy. Yes. Only it's one so, in Connecticut. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, the Doug Dubisky is on there. Oh, you said, saw that. It's you know, so you know, stupid. I said, why don't they just quote me and write yeah, stories exactly. about who I say is going to lose? Or this should lose. So dishonest. I mean, I, I know Doug Dubisky is a very proud conservative, and the people of Canterbury, Chaplin, Franklin, Hampton, Lebanon, Lisbon, Norwich, Scotland, and 
Sprague. By the way, Scotland's the smallest town in our state relative to population. I think it's like a thousand people. He represents those towns. He, he's a thoughtful attorney. Uh, he's a gentleman farmer, nice guy, but a very proud conservative. Mm-hmm. And he speaks his mind. He votes the right way in the House of Representatives. He files legislation that I think almost everybody in your audience would be proud of. And they're attempting to to put a label on him that to the unsuspecting voter might imply that there's something evil about this guy, uh, a threat to democracy. Well, guess what? I'm against the constitutional amendment that's on the ballot this November because it would allow a lot of voting skullduggery, the so-called early voting, which you yep. fought, about, uh, fought against. This group would put you on that list and would put me on that list for that reason alone. As yeah, but maybe as we as should, Tom, maybe you and I should, we should start issuing press releases. Why not? Hey, listen, we could come up with a group tomorrow as phony as this group. Yeah. <laughs> you know, file, file, a, file a, a corporation and, and start coming up with uh, lists of uh, uh, crazy, dangerous liberals. Of course, we're not going to do that because we're above that. Oh, no, I would do it if I thought it would get published, but <laughs> because that's you've got to fight with the weapons that are being used. And the only trouble is I don't think that Hearst would treat my bogus group the same way they're treating the Democrats' bogus group. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, we'll call you <laughs> Chairman. And uh, why, why not? All right, Tom Scott, always fun to talk with you. Anytime. Take All right, care. talk to you soon. Tom Scott. You hear what he has to say, you hear his insights, and it's always fun to hear those insights and get a little perspective from somebody who's been through a lot of campaigns and has guided lots of people to victory, and uh, that includes, by the way, himself, back when he was young and spent those 10 years in the state Senate. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating, this whole election thing. I do have this strong sense that support for Democrats is softening and started out soft and is going to be soft because everyone suffers when you have people in charge who waste as much money and use it, by the way, for their own purposes, to benefit themselves, not to benefit the people of the state. So I think that's going to have impact. All right, have a great night. I will see you uh, when I shake this cold Reese will be in tomorrow. And we're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher, what do you have for us, sir? His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024.